Okay, so I just freaked out because there was no music, and I was like, wait, that's not even the weirdest thing about this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph, and I'm in Gilda's apartment for the first time ever. Yeah, this is fucking amazing. It's also really weird recording with a person in the, like... I'm used to looking at my phone on FaceTime. Right. And I also freaked out earlier. I was like, oh no, how are we going to FaceTime and do this? No, no, Gilda, no. That's because no. we're both really high right now. Mm-hmm. Staff smoked her first two gram joint ever. I mean, not the whole thing. We split <laughs> half of it and we'll smoke the other bit later. But yeah. And I got a pumpkin spice uh, cart. Haven't tried it yet though. Got <clears throat> the amount of money that has been spent on weed pro- products in the past two days is just it's it's impressive it's very fucking impressive astronomical love i just realized that this might not come out anytime soon so it's gonna not be pumpkin spice season but trust me it's prime <laughs> pumpkin spice season right now i'm not crazy no. uh yeah the, we are recording this the day before the season 47 premiere Ooh. And right, <laughs> um, wow, wow, um, yeah. So this is gonna come out in about a month because they have four weeks on. So this will be the first week in November. Still, still Late, prime yeah. season. Late. I mean, yes, yeah, so, so it'll be fine. But yeah, today we are talking about season two, episode nineteen. It aired on April sixteenth, nineteen seventy-seven. And the musical guests were the McGarrigal sisters and Rosalind Kind. Um, it was also hosted by Elliot. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, that. Um, yeah, it. We'll get to the musical acts later. Um, (laughs) the cold open. We have Elliot Gould, who's negotiating an air package with Russian military or political people. It was like a colonel and then Gilda Radner. I don't know. Yeah, she was like the secretary slash the... Translator. Translator, that works. Yep, there we go. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, So they're negotiating how it's going to air on NBC and the whole thing with Russia because at this point it was still very Cold War. And John Belushi comes in and he just keeps demanding more and more. He's the president. He... He wasn't the president. I thought that's what they said. I don't think it was Gorbachev. No. Couldn't have been. I don't know. Anyway, he was playing a Russian dude who was, like, important. He had medals on. And he was like, I want this and I want that. And every time he demanded something more, he would threaten to, like, go nuclear and, like, hit the button. And His demands were, like, go on the Johnny Carson show with guest Clint Eastwood. (laughs) Yeah, he wanted to go on the Tonight Show. He didn't want to be a guest host. He didn't want to be in the last 15 minutes. <laughs> and then his last demand was he wanted to say, and he went into and shouted live from New York. It was kind of cute. Your formatting is fucking incredible. I feel like a goddamn hack over here. Jesus Christ. I, mean, I like, take bullet points, and you're writing fully formed paragraphs. Motherfucker. That's because my... Memory is not there. <laughs> well, mine isn't either, but I just haven't learned the, oh, we actually need to, like, write and listen to the show and look up, like, try to write while, yeah. I cannot wait to be able to type my notes out whilst having recording on a laptop because that will be so much Ooh. easier for me. Like, I can type them onto the iPad. 
That's what I was going to do today, but I got too scared. (laughs) I didn't want to stray from my normal... I I get it. You know. (laughs) I totally get it. It's weird enough recording in person for the first time. Like, I was legitimately anxious about this earlier. No, this is... Over before unprecedented times. Yeah, no, this is this is wild, y'all. So yeah, and he said, yeah, his last demand was live from New York, and we went to the intro. Yeah, so the monologue started, and the first thing I noticed is that Elliot Gould is wearing a top hat and carrying a cane, and I'm like, what the hell is happening here? And it made sense later because the real meat of this monologue was something. It was introduced as like a dance craze for the 1920s so i was picturing like a 1920s version of a tiktok dance i don't know that's where my <laughs> mind was at to be honest i was like okay renegade you know whatever um but instead i got the castration walk um <laughs> and that was john belushi elliot gould and bill murray with the top hats and canes singing this song yeah they were doing different dance moves that basically, um, they it revolved around um, them being castrated and them holding their crotches. Something about a jewel heist. I did appreciate how goofy it was. Like it was very well written and very jaunty. It was a very strange choice to open the show, but at the same time, I laughed, which is more than I thought I was going to. So. Yeah, it was hilarious. I was like, where else would you see this but Saturday Night Live, you know? Like, that's it. Um, There was this one really great part where they were all just wagging their fingers at the same time. And it just visually, I liked it. And also as they went on, their voices went higher. Yes. (laughs) Excuse me. Oh, boy. Oh, no, this is going to be a single audio track. I'm going to have to edit back. Um, Oh, oh, also, something that y'all will have noticed long before you hear this, but we've leveled up in terms of microphones. So this is what we really sound like. This is more than $25 of microphones. <laughs> this is the real deal. Yeah. So we're over a year into this. Yeah, we have hit. Yes. So that's another thing. We hit a year a few days ago and that just felt really fucking awesome. And if you're still listening to this or you're just joining us, I don't know. Thank you. It's been a yes. lot of fucking fun. Thank you for listening to this journey of work. Learn, I don't know. I would say learning, learning how to podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's an evolution. Um, but yeah, so we then go into the first sketch of the night, which is Coneheads at Home. And we have Elliot Gould from the phone company. And the Coneheads want a whole, they want 36 phones in their house. And but Lorraine Newman wants princess phones. Yeah, she wanted princess phones, which, again, she's, like, consistently, I've said it before, she's consistently the best part of the Conehead sketch. Like, the rest of it, Jake Curtin's pretty good, Dan Aykroyd, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, but no, Lorraine Newman just, just fucking kills it in this. She did. Although I did feel like I, there was one little bit towards the end where, she, like, reading from the teleprompter, she kind of got a little bit mixed up doing the voice at the same time. Yes. So like, yeah, no, but... she... She stumbled a little, but at the same time, like, having to read the cue cards and perform that, yeah, no. She did I, so well that whole time. I see, she, rec- she recovered nicely, but it was a little obvious. But again, like, she was, what, 22 or 23? Yeah. Or like, I mean, Mad come props on. to her. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> gonna not give mad props to the camera guy, though, because twice I saw the boom mic. Oh, I saw it way more than <laughs> twice. It was almost, yeah, it was just like, whoop, boop, boop, booping down from the top of the screen, and that... It took me out of it, actually. Yeah. It was very distracting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Elliot Gould found um, 
Elia Gould found the uh, Conehead sex rings, a set of them, under Lorraine Newman's bed, and Jane Curtin and Dan Aykroyd were like, oh my gosh, how dare you, you're too young to know about this. And then they just continued to drink be- Oh, Garrett Morris was in this one, too. Yeah. I totally blanked on that. Please- yeah, Jesus. Yeah, so <laughs> they, um, as Elliot Gould goes up to do his phone business, um, the Coneheads receive a message that their friend, Mercon is in town. Um, it, it was said a lot differently than that, but I didn't write down all the lingo. Um, <laughs> my notes are not that detailed. And it, it's Garrett Morris, and that was like a whole reveal. Everyone laughs. Um, and then we see a lot of the same... Well, we just see um, Garrett Morris and Dan Aykroyd talk sports. <laughs> they Yes. They, yeah, that was actually quite amusing. Um, <clears throat> typical, you know what's it, scare quotes, male sports talk, but in Coneheads, stilted, yes, I did see them kick the, you know. In their home planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lorraine Newman brings out food. They're all eating pizza and beer, and Dan Aykroyd is smoking a whole pack of cigarettes. It, like, they're stuck together. Um, it was I, funny visually. It really was. It was also like we've seen the whole we eating have. excess. I know. <laughs> but that's their alien race. They eat in excess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Elliot Gould has the sex rings. He brings. He's like, oh, I found these under the bed in this room when I was installing the princess phones. And Jane Curtin and Dan Aykroyd are like, how dare you? you have, you're too young for this. And then she, they just dive into the food. Lorraine Newman like sneaks the rings out of Elliot Gould's hands and mimics like sex on top of her cone and like he's tossing the rings under her head and she's like coming in the room with her parents and the guest she was saying like oh baby like it it was a lot it It was a whole scene it was there was a lot going on um and now now that i think about it it wasn't the first whole scene we had that was sexual in nature no no it was not um, we then went into the McGarrigal sisters, uh, Kate and Anna. They performed Kiss and Say Goodbye. The song was okay, but their voices weren't. They were kind they would, like, randomly go in and out of tune, and I was, like, very distracted by that. Yeah, it, it just wasn't my thing Mm-mm. to begin with. No. Um, but there was a really cool harmonica, but... Yeah, you do <laughs> like a good harmonica. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was alright, yeah. It was just very, like, I'd say it was, like, Heart Light. Like, you know the band Heart? Oh, yeah. Like, heart Light, yeah. Idea. It's like, it was Heart Light. It was, like, Heart, it was, like, Soft Rock. Yeah, heart. yeah. Two not sisters. quite there, though. No, no, they were Definitely not quite not. there. And the pink button down, buttoned up to the collar, the woman on the piano. I was like, what is this? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> we had... <laughs> A segment titled "You've Come a Long Way, Buddy," and this was um, basically like a parody of the whole like women's, like all women's, whatever. And this was an all man's, all men run show. Yeah. Panel. The whole production crew was men, um, and they made a whole little deal of it. And it was the panel was Bill Murray, Garrett Morris. Elliot Gould, it was his show, I think. Yeah. And then um, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Um, they all represented different organizations that were, you know, focusing on men's issues. Dan Aykroyd was an artist. Garrett Morris was a representative from the Black Young Men's Group, or a Black Young Men's Group. Uh, Bill Murray, I cannot remember what he was from. 
And Bill Murray had the, it was like a bar where you go to oh, just talk. Jesus, yeah. I don't know. It was weird. And uh, John Belushi, um, trigger warning, had a rape hotline. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But what you're thinking right now is probably right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they were, they were go through different works of art, and oh, and this was done by a great man, and Leonardo da Vinci, he was a man, and... The camera guy fucked up here, too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, um, he was talking about Picasso, but the camera was dead on The Last Supper, da Vinci. I'm like, is this man okay? Because <laughs> then after talking about Picasso, um... He went into talking about that painting. And yeah. So I had to stay on that for a very long time. It was very odd. Yeah. Um, he said we listened to men's music while we were looking at men's art. Uh, oh, Bill Murray had the not just a meat rack bar. Yeah. Sorry, I wrote in the margins today. That's new. <laughs> um, and then we get to John Belushi, who, again, if this is triggering, please skip ahead. A couple bits, either 10 or 15 seconds. Just hit it like four times. Um, yeah, he ran a 24-hour rape hotline. And it's, he said, invariably, a man is very upset after he commits a rape. And he needs someone to talk to. And uh, they're too, rapists are too afraid to go to the police. And they're treated with disrespect by the police. Um, because the, the police psychiatrists are usually women, is yes. what he said. Said it was humiliating, um, and he was there to advise rapists of their rights. Uh, it said he made sure their name was not printed in the papers, and it's basically a rape evasion hotline. Basically. Was, that was the joke. And I don't even know what, like, I don't even know why the fuck that was included in this. It was just disgusting. It was over the top, I thought. Like, it... The whole... It was so um, detailed. Yeah. Like, they could have glossed over it. It still would have been bad, but they didn't have to go into how, the myriad of ways they were going to help men get away with rape. Yeah, because when they talked about um, not having your name printed in the newspaper, uh, he had this line where it was like, oh, even today, that can ruin a man's life. It was just horrible. Fuck you. It's like, how about we don't rape women and ruin their lives? Yeah. You know? That would be fucking easy. <laughs> Apparently fucking not. Um, anyway, yeah, so that's how that sketch ended. And, like, the rest of the sketch wasn't bad, but no. that was a horrible way for it to end, a horrible <laughs> detail for it to have. A fucking weird turn. Like, it was like, all right, haha, funny, they're teasing. Um, yeah, mm -mm, no. It, it went from, like, yes, they're mocking women's only things, which still fine, not great, but I get, you know, they're just doing the satirical opposite. The hotline was not needed. No. Like, you don't need to be violent against women. No. Mm -mm. That's not part of it It's at not all. funny. Like, that's taking this to a place that it doesn't need to go. No. No. No one... Again, it's a late night comedy show. How many women saw that and were instantly, like, sick to their stomachs? Oh, wait. Me? Um, yeah. Like, yeah. I can't even fucking imagine. No. Like... Hey, I mean, I can, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but watching it live, just like seeing, like seeing that happen in real time, and like, the audience was laughing too. Oh my god, the audience was so loud. They were into it. It was that was honestly the laughter was what made us. I mean, it was already sick, but the laughter was what put it over the top because it's like, 
oh, this is a joke to them. Yeah. Okay, and then, imagine being in that audience. You're telling me there were women in that audience that hadn't been assaulted? Fuck that. No. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fucking so, New York. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well. Yeah. So, we went into Weekend Update, um, and Jane Curtin went right into the news, basically. Although she did do that little bit where she looked at the wrong camera. But it was done kind of awkwardly and glossed over. Anyways, um, the first headline, or the top story of the night, was that Wrigley, the guy, I didn't write down his first name, just his last name, uh, Mr. The Wrigley, gum the gum guy, has died, and per his wishes, his remains were stuck to the bottom of a counter. <laughs> no, it's funny. Yeah. Um, Lillian Carter... Uh, said she went to jail for spanking Jimmy Carter uh, for doing it was something. It was some campaign. It was he didn't do something. I can't remember what it was. But when asked why she spanked the president, she said, "I always spank him when he breaks a promise." And I thought that was I thought that was a fun roundabout way to get to the oh Jimmy Carter's already not doing great as president. So you know, yeah. Um, we went into. A little segment with Bill Murray as a correspondent for a rally that was, like, against pornography being shown in New York. <laughs> and this whole, like, report that he has was just full of innuendos. The whole thing read, like, erotica, basically. Yeah. Extremely sexual imagery. Um, I felt like this was very clearly Bill Murray trying out for Weekend Update. <laughs> it was just like because okay so it gets to the end of the sketch and she's like oh okay Bill you know the story's over you can go now and he's like no I can't it would be embarrassing and so it's like okay haha he has a boner uh, and so she's like okay well here are the headlines and so she hands him a stack and then they proceeded to toss jokes back and forth to one another and as we know Dan Aykroyd is at some point going to take over he's going to become a co-host of Weekend Update and I feel like the next few weeks we're going to see different people kind of doing the same shtick to try out and gauge the audience reactions. So. He did pretty good. I, um, I liked it. Yeah, there was this bit about, like, a filter that makes it that way you can smoke cigarettes without getting cancer, except the filter is a fucking mouse. So it's, like, the first part of the cigarette's in the mouth, and then, like, maybe it was all the way around. But I think the you're, end you're, is at the butt. Yeah. Um, and... Bill Murray was holding it, and he was like, you know, this will appeal to you if you like to smoke and also hold small animals. <laughs> Which, I mean, I do, but they're alive, and they're cats. <laughs> they're not my cancer filter. No. Look at that little face. Aww. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a bit about Howdy Doody, the puppet. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, Another one of those. Yeah, he left a note before he jumped in the fire. Uh, then Lorraine Newman was speaking to his wife, Debbie Doody. Um, and Gilda. Gilda, yeah, she was portrayed uh, by Gilda, and Lorraine Newman was like trying to interview her, but Gilda Radner was just jumping around and hopping around like a marionette, and she keeps like jumping on Lorraine Newman, who when Gilda Radner pulls her off stage, you can see that Lorraine Newman is just absolutely dying with laughter. It was so cute. It really was. Like they're all like you can. <clears throat> I mean, we've, again, we've seen it before, but they're starting to have more fun more regularly. Yeah. You can tell they're becoming comfortable in their roles. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, we can be a bit goofy. We're not going to lose our jobs. Right. So, yeah. <sighs> but then we had a John Belushi uh, segment. Um, and as all John Belushi Weekend Update segments go, he went way off and was ranting and 
not listening to Jane when she said to stop, um, and he fell off his chair at the end. Yep. But it was, it was kind of funny. <laughs> the first part, he was like the meteorologist, and he was doing weather examples with like a desk lamp, a spray bottle, mothballs, paper confetti, and a fan. And he's like, "This is snow. This is rain. This is lightning." And like that watching. You're showing us people who don't leave their houses. Right, yes, yes. Um, and it's like, I don't know, watching him with props was really funny, but it when it took the turn of, like, he went into how insurance was a scam, oh my God, yeah. and then it was like an anti-India uh, rant, and yeah. pro-America, and then anti-Mexico. like And Japan. And whenever Jane, yes, and, yeah, because he went after sushi. Fuck that, sushi's yeah, right? awesome. Um, everyone laughed. I was like, you silly fuckers probably loved sushi when I got big. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and every time Jane Curtin tried to stop him, he would, like, physically threaten her and make a fist, and she was, like, cowering. And yes, fine, haha, it's a joke, but again, why is physical violence funny? It's not. Like, no. this is not... Yeah, it was way too long. Yeah, um, it was just, like, uncomfortable. Yup. Yeah. And that was the very end of Weekend Update. That was. That was a real interesting note to go out on. Yeah. Um, we went into... Oh, God. I can't remember the title of this. It was on the notable SNL sketch page. It's Nick the Lounge Singer. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it was Bill Murray performing I, I Write the Songs. or I, I don't know. He was Nick Summers. It was like a cheesy, shitty lounge singer. Al Franken was one of the audience members in the background. Dan Aykroyd had a fish with him, and I was like, of course it's him. Paul <laughs> Schaefer's playing the piano. Gilda Radner and John Belushi are on an anniversary, but they're like very unhappily married. Uh, As they always are when they play husband and wife. Yeah. No love lost between those two, it seems. Um, Elliot Gould and Lorraine Newman were very clearly having an affair. Uh... Bill Murray said something about Indians not lying, and I didn't like that. No. Um, yeah, I didn't like this. It was just very uncomfortable the entire time. Yeah, there was one part where um, Bill Murray tries to get everybody in this sketch audience to participate in some little audience participation dancing, and yeah. nobody does, and that's just like, ugh. Yeah. Um... The next sketch was kind of equal. Well, it was terrifying. Oh, Joan Crawford. Yeah, the next sketch was Joan Crawford speaking for the United Face Bank. Yeah. So, it she was sitting with a person who didn't have a face. It was just a bunch of pantyhose pulled over a face. As someone who's very claustrophobic, really fucking hated that. Mm. Um. But. She is like, oh, if you're born without a face, you don't have eyes or a nose or a mouth or ears or this, that, the other thing. And this is kind of what it looks like. And the screen cuts to black. Okay, that's funny. Um, then they bring in Garrett Morris, a recipient of a face transplant, but it was a white little girl. Yeah, an 11-year-old girl. Yes. And honestly, it was terrifying. It looked pretty legit. It looked so real. And it took me a minute to realize he wasn't wearing, like, a mask over his face, but rather it was painted onto his face. Props to the makeup department for this one. Fuck! It was... I was unsettled. So, yeah, good to go. So, uh... Yeah. yeah uh... 
and it was, uh, yeah, he, they, she said, oh, look in the cabinet for a new, he's like, can I look in the cabinet to see if they have a, if they have a black face? And she's like, sure. And yeah, the ad ends with, I believe Don Pardo saying, United Face Bank, people without faces never have a nice day. It's like, ugh. Yeah, I, that was such a weird thing for them to say. Like, mm-hmm. I just thought it was a strange, like, the, people are probably born without many of the facial yeah. features. Um, I mean, I think if you don't have any of them, it's probably <laughs> that would be not going to I was going to say, I don't think it's going to go that well for you. Yeah. That being said, um, yeah, this just felt like a very weird, um, very weird sketch. Who, well, I think we all know who probably came up with that. Yeah, because yeah. he didn't have bedtime stories tonight. No, he didn't have bedtime stories, so he had time to write something else equally as terrifying. Yeah, the face fridge, definitely. F- yeah, f- yeah, really. Mm. When they got to the face fridge, I think it was like, okay, this probably isn't an Al Franken bit. No, he would never do that to us. Fuck no, I hope not. <laughs> um, we went into America, nope. Gary Weiss's film. Yes, the Gary Weiss film, which I actually, I had seen this before, oh. and I didn't know it was a Gary Weiss film. I'd just, like, seen it on YouTube or at some, like, sp- in some sporting playlist or funny sports things. Cool. I Honestly, I thought it was funny. It Elliot Gould introduces it, saying, oh, people think, you know, athletes, they only play for money. And, well, here we have a film that shows that's not true. And it's uh, patriotic music with a montage of... <laughs> Sports players getting into, like, physical fights. Yeah, I believe it was America the Beautiful by Ray Charles. Yes, yeah, and it was all hockey, baseball, Basketball, football. Yeah, honestly, it was one of the most artistic things that he's done. It was kind of weirdly beautiful. It's like, yep, this is America, America the Beautiful. It's grown men getting paid millions and millions of dollars to fight. Yeah. Great. Next page. Um, we had the McGarrigal sisters sing Heart Like a Wheel. This was like pre Lana Del Rey emo, like very sad. Um, I wrote down one lyric What's the use of living with no true lover? I was like, okay, okay. Oh, it's like, ladies, this is a comedy show. Hang on. McGarrigal sisters, Heart Like. Oh my god. They were okay. Canadian. Can- what? They were Canadian. Oh, I thought you said they were comedians, and I'm like, I don't no, think so. not funny. <laughs> okay. So, because we are um, very, we were very high, and we, I both needed food for my little gremlins, but um, I know you're not supposed to feed the gremlins, but that's after midnight, so I feed them before midnight. Uh, anyway, I had Amazon delivered, and it got delivered in the middle of this, and I got up, and staff was like, do you want me to pause it? I was like, nah, if you could make it stop, that would be much better. Some of the lyrics of, to this song. Uh, some say a heart is just like a wheel. When you bend it, you can't mend it. My love for you is like a sinking ship, and my heart is on that ship out in mid-ocean. They say that death is a tragedy. It comes once and it's over. But my only wish is for that deep, dark abyss, for what's the use of living with no true lover? Uh, was that really it? No, there was definitely a lot There was more, definitely more a lot wise. more than this. This is only like, oh no, there is no way. This went on for fucking ever. I was like, girl, get it together. Right. Oh my God. Well, they had more verses on this fucking show and none of them are showing up here and it's making me very sad. <laughs> I can't watch this again. No, it was horrible. 
What I can't understand, oh please God hold my hand, is why it should have happened to me. Like, it's all, it can wreck a human being and turn him inside out. Like, no! It literally, Lana Del Rey looks like a fucking picnic in a field of daisies compared to this shit. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, not fam. Make a stop. Uh, there was an ATM sketch, which was just Bill Murray and Garrett Morris fucking around on screen. <laughs> kind of funny. Basically, yeah. There was, like, a security test that the ATM put them through, <laughs> and this was on, like, a literal, like, TV screen, it looked like, like, a round screen. Yeah. Um, and first it was just, like, very basic, like, are you smarter than a fifth grader type questions, but then it got to be, like, a driving test. Yeah. It was, I think it was Bill Murray trying to convince, because I guess ATMs were probably new at that point. Yeah. That seems like a very weird concept to me, because they've always existed, but, or at least in my lifetime. Um, so yeah, and then they get to the test, and then it's like, alert, the U.S. banking system has turned to head cheese, instead of, like, the gold standard, or paper money, or what the fuck ever, I don't know. Paper. Paper. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Very fucking high right now. Um, yeah, was it fraud? Was the joke just, ATMs are new, haha, the government made money meat? Like, or cheese, or what the hell, like, you know what I mean? Like, what? It was wacky. Weird. I mean, I giggled, but more because I didn't understand it, and I was like, hey, what's going on? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the next sketch was taking place in a restaurant called Natural Causes Restaurant, and this was run by, um, Lorraine Newman and Dan Aykroyd, with the Keith Raniere hair, ponytail and everything. Um... Yeah, I caught Lorraine Newman's name as Sunset. I don't know what his name was, but it was bad. Equally bad, yeah. Yeah. Um, And the menu changed every day because they only use meat that the animals died of quote-unquote natural causes, which could be getting hit by a car, which, fun story, when Gilda was little, uh, Gilda lived in the middle of Appalachia, Appalachia, or however the fuck you want to say it. Um, but my mother, we lived in one state for a year and then moved to a different state in the same area-ish, but the driving laws were different. My mother was studying for the driving test, and when she got to the section on the preservation of roadkill, because you were supposed to call it in and like verify the freshness of it, so because people would take it home to cook... And there were restaurants where you could bring your own roadkill in. Like, if you hit a deer, you could bring the food into a restaurant, but it had to be, like, wow. within X amount of time of it being dead. You had to call the county animal coroner. My mother was like, fuck this! Don't need a license in this state! It's like, this yeah. doesn't expire, we just moved here, we're not staying long. So, yeah, this does exist, or at least it did exist in some places. And granted, that was uh, a few decades ago. But, yeah... No. Great. Um, yeah. Did not so, know that. Yeah, so this was uh, eerily similar to something I've known about for a very long time. Um, and they're like, oh, we have sh- we have lamb on the menu. Lamb of lamb. And, oh, wow, it's you're lucky. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fresh. She's in the back dying of anthrax. I was like, oh, my fucking God. And then, like, throughout the sketch, Lorraine Newman goes to check on the sheep. And the first time she comes back, she says, bad news. He's... Still alive, but, He's still like, wheezing. Yeah, something like that. And then, like, 
the next time she comes back and she says, bad news. He's perking up a bit. <laughs> um, yeah, they. it was very disgusting, but it was like, oh, we've heard so much about this. It was in this magazine. And yeah, they had Fresh Cat, which I took extreme offense to. And uh, they're, fucking, and they're like, well, we have steak. Like, you have steak. All these weird things, oh you have God. steak. Dan Hagrid's like, yeah, it fell from the sky. He's like, you're okay. Uh-huh. It fell sure. from the sky when Mexican smugglers were bringing it. Is yes. a detail that had to be included. It had to be. And as they've done in the past, they have dropped that fucking cow from the ceiling again. Like, I should have seen that coming. I didn't, and it made me laugh. It was it was cute. I liked it. Yeah. I like the ridiculous, like, far out, like, those characters... Um, Lorraine Newman does a really good job with it. And Dan Aykroyd. I mean, yeah. Always. Always with the food stuff. <laughs> um, we had a performance by Rosalind Kind. Uh, she performed I'm Not Anyone. She is the younger half-sister of Barbara Streisand. And as we all know, Elliot Gould was married to Barbara Streisand and they had a son together. And Elliot Gould introduced Rosalind Kind as my son's aunt, which definitely does sound better than my ex-sister-in-law. So, you know, props to him for that. I didn't even really catch that. I wondered why he did it in such a weird way. I was like, his son's aunt, what the fuck is this man talking about? Yeah, because Barbara. Probably better. Or yep. he could have just said her name, honestly. He, I mean, yeah. Like, like normal people typically do. Yeah. Uh, I wish she'd sang the first song by the fucking McGargling Sisters or whatever. I don't know what they were called. Um, like, the first song with her voice. <laughs> McGargling. <laughs> but I wasn't far off. I don't I wasn't, think so. No, it was McGarrigal, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I wish she'd sung the first song. She had a really nice voice. I actually liked her voice better than Barbara Yeah. Spice. Like, uh, I wish she'd become a more famous one, but whatever. She had a great voice. She did have a good voice. I just don't want to get canceled by Barbara Streisand herself. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh... Our home movie was a Mr. Bill film, but instead of being like stop motion, Mr. Bill was a puppet. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, I assumed it was Mr. Bill. He looked very Mr. Bill-esque. He did. And I... then the whole sketch was him being beat the fuck up because um, a guy catches him Catches Mr. Bill cheating, or... or Catches his wife yeah. cheating with Mr. Bill. I didn't even put the, it was Mr. Bill together. I was like, oh, a creepy clown puppet, okay. Yeah. Uh, but Mr. Bill makes more sense. Uh, yeah, they get into a knockdown, drag out, the clown dies, and uh, the couple, like, snuggle, and then, like, walk back to a bedroom, and I'm like, what the fuck weird kind of foreplay was this? Like, right? I was no. like, you can't just do that. No. After killing Mr. Bill. <laughs> For whatever reason, yeah, they replayed Pilsen's feedback dinner from episode nine of this, this season. Very season, okay, yeah. Yes, okay. Because I remember it, it aired after Chevy Chase left. Right. Yes. But okay. it's Chevy Chase's. It Chevy Chase's. Yeah. So God only knows when the fuck it was originally from. But I don't know why we needed to see this again. And he's not in the cast anymore. Right. Like j there have been a no number sense. of sketches that you could have. Fuck, you could have, yeah, you could have used anything. They should have done a whole, like, other sketch, because then at the very end, they had a whole 60 seconds of extra time to kill. Yeah. And nobody knew how to act. Elliot Gould, they, everyone was just, like, standing in the background talking. <laughs> Elliot Gould was, like, ambling around the stage looking stoned as fuck. Yeah. 
And he's like, oh, I'm all, okay. Well, we have 60 seconds. Shh, I don't know what to do. And Dan Aykroyd comes up and he's like, hey, I got this old motorcycle. I have tanks on it that are this size and I need this size. And if you have them, write to me and I will pay you good money. Thank you. And everyone's dying up there. And it's like, yeah, just let them fucking be funny. Like, that was hilarious. That was honestly one of the things I enjoyed fucking most in this show. And that's sad. Yeah, um, Dan Aykroyd made me laugh. Yes. Tonight. Oh my god. All right. What didn't work for you? What was the what was the oh, not no no the night. What did I have earlier? Nope of the night. I was like, What's the nope of the night? The nope of the night is going to be you've come a long way, buddy. Yep. I again, it would have been mediocre if it yeah. weren't for the weird rape turn. Not necessary at all. Not necessary at all. And I don't know, the fact that John Belushi was doing it just made it worse. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't want to say it made it worse, because, like, if it was Dan Aykroyd that had done that, it would have broken my heart. Oh, my God, yeah. Well, he would just not. Well, right. I just don't think he would do it. <laughs> I would hope not, but Jesus Christ, we you have three more. Know. Please don't say that. God, we have three more episodes to this season, and this season has been rough. Yeah, and when it comes to men, you really never know. No, you don't. Uh, runner up. My runner-up for the night was probably the uh, Gary Weiss, America the Beautiful with the sports. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Okay. Okay. Uh, my runner-up is the cold open. I thought the negotiation was really funny and that John Belushi's character was just obsessed with getting on American TV and, like, being like he was willing to start a nuclear war over it yeah yeah i i don't know i thought it was funny and i appreciated i i don't know there was just something about it that really set the go off set the show off to a good vibe um that being said my best was the gary weiss film yeah so that's why you said that and i'm like that's not what i have written down for my best why do i have I don't even want to say what I had. It's just bad. Anyway, go on. My best for the night was the Natural Causes restaurant. There were some bits of this I didn't like, but for the most part, I was kind of really cracking up at particularly Dan Aykroyd's character. Yeah. You, 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 you definitely have more of a soft spot for Dan Aykroyd than I do. <laughs> I just thought that sketch was gross. I was like, ah, gross roadkill. No, thank you. I thought it was, it was great. Oh. Like, there was this one line where Dan Aykroyd was like, oh, the racehorse struck by lightning with Peter Bredden hummus was really good. <laughs> it was like, it was like mill ground, it was like mill ground grain pita bread. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's it for the first ever in-person Saturday Night High. Um, you can find us wherever you're listening to us now, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And... You can also find us on social media. We're on Reddit, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook at Sat Night High Pod. Night is spelled N I T E on Twitter. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. And you can reach us at Sat Night High Pod at Gmail. We also have a website, satnighthighpod.com. And until next time, happy highs. Happy highs.